Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 404. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rickstraw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. All right, cool. Yeah. Good to hear. This week on the show, we'll be uh, getting weird with the psychological horror film Honeydew. Got some honeydew. Not about the fruit. Also be going over someone watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases on VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be very helpful. Really nothing to report in housekeeping. Uh, The the new episode of Saved by the 90s, we're going to be recording that this week. So stay tuned. I'm not going to give away the the theme just yet, but it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm excited. As such, my watch list this week has been a little light because I've been watching stuff. Uh, in preparation for that but let's go ahead and jump into our review again we're talking about honeydew this is uh, directed by Devereux milburn i have a synopsis here strange cravings and hallucinations befall a young couple after seeking shelter in the home of an aging farmer and her peculiar son now if you see the trailer for this movie you know you're in for something something else and if you see the poster for this movie you definitely know you're in for something else because you got to very frightened looking man with like a uh with like an oxygen mask on and somebody holding his eye open so you know something yeah, that's that's never a good sign yeah something something not not so great is going to be happening to this to this guy this is uh Sawyer Sawyer Spielberg is in this he's he's the main guy yeah and Mullen Mullen Barr. Barbara Kingsley is in this. She plays the, uh, the, the woman that takes them in. So you have Mullen Barr and, and Sawyer Spielberg, Spielberg as this couple out camping. And uh, their car breaks down. And then, you know, it's your classic uh, hillbilly horror style thing. Mm-hmm. You know, to very, very, very reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw. In fact, I saw somebody on Letterboxd say that this was a cross between Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the new Gretel and Hansel movie that came out uh, I think that was last year and I can totally see that there there are definite definite similarities there even the um, one of the things that that I find really found really creepy about this was the black fingers and uh, I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself but Barbara Kingsley's character, she has these, like, her hands, like, some of her fingers are, like, totally black at the tips. And that's that's how the, the witch was in Gretel and Hansel, too. And I thought that was a really creepy thing mm. in that movie as well. Mm. So, anyway, uh, Kevin, what were your initial impressions of Honeydew? Initial impressions? Uh, I gotta say, like, I really didn't know anything about this movie, to be honest. I just remember hearing some some good things when it played some festival earlier this year or last year maybe i'm not sure when and i just i remember to keep it on my radar you know i gotta check out honey too so when it opens up and it kind of gives you this explainer of of something that's going to be you know play in with the rest of the movie i got kind of excited i like this kind of stuff you know you got this this toxic byproduct that's that occurs in wheat that you got to, you got to remove from the wheat. And if you don't, this fungus is going to fuck you up. So like, I love that kind of stuff. So I was pretty stoked early on in this movie. 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was very enthralled. I had honestly, I really didn't know where it was going to go, which is always exciting for me. I found that like the main thing for me in this movie is the like score slash sound design. All the it's just bizarre. Yeah, let me. It's really weird, and I loved it. Yeah, I wanna. I just want to touch on that because that was my number one highlight with this movie was the just all of the sound design as you said both the the score the sound editing the mix all of that was absolutely top notch i mean like it takes the forefront in this movie like the all of the music and sound is very deliberately like in your face everything is accentuated to such a high degree like you hear every little thing which you know tends to get very disturbing considering some of the stuff that happens in this movie and i just i think that all the design work how they incorporated the like the sound of the knife sharpening like that sound into the score uh mm-hmm. i mean i i just thought all of it was absolutely top notch and i think that maybe that has to devro milburn i believe it has a background with uh, music videos so maybe that has something to do with his mm. his focus on sound but go ahead and continue your your thought so yeah all that stuff it kept it very interesting for me you know with the sound design it was essentially something that i i don't know if i've really seen or heard in the movie before so it was something completely different that coupled with the fact that i really didn't have any idea where this was going that had me really really excited and all that really did for me, unfortunately, was lead me to have like a huge letdown because of where it did essentially go in the end, which did nothing for me. Just fell completely flat. And to me, it kind of came out, you know, the, the end product kind of came out to, you know, things I've seen before. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't exciting and fresh like the you know the the first part of the movie was. What you have here is a very unconventional opening. You have a very unconventional first two acts, and then a very very conventional final act where yeah everything that everything that plays out towards the end is is unfortunately something that we've seen before, and it does fall a bit flat. I think that. I, I completely agree with you that the, the buildup is unfortunately more satisfying than the payoff and where it goes is a little bit disappointing. I, I, I concur with you on that, which is, which is a damn shame because I feel like this movie has a lot going for it. There were a lot of elements of this that I liked. I thought that the performances across the board were really solid. I mean, Barbara Kingsley, man, whoa, she plays yeah. the creepiest. She is so creepy in this. Yeah, but just and she plays it so well in that it's kind of there's like an ambiguity to it where you, like you, it's she's creepy. She's creepy as all hell, but at the same time, you can kind of see that like oh, you know she's just she's just a sweet old lady. You know she's gonna be a little bit weird. You know, she doesn't have great social skills. So you can kind of justify some of these things. But at the same time, you know, in your heart of hearts that she's just creepy beyond belief. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that 
Yeah. I mean, from from the moment that they go into this house, you know that there's something not right here. It's very strange from the oh. from the very beginning. Everything feels off. Everything feels not quite right. And I think a lot of that has to do goes just goes back to the sound and the and the score where everything from the first moments of this movie feels off kilter. Like so nothing feels quite right. And I really enjoyed that. I, I think that 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 added a lot to the sort of s- strange nature of the movie in general, where you don't really know where it's going to go. You're like, what? Anything could happen at this point. Like, they could be in some kind of crazy nightmare. Is this all like some kind of wild hallucination? And th- and that's the other thing is like I think that they, I think that that Devereaux Milburn avoided a lot of pitfalls, even though I think that. He, he plays it too safe at the end. I think that one of the things that he does correctly is he doesn't lean too heavily into the, the hallucination aspect, the, the, the hallucinatory aspects of the movie. I was going to be really pissed if it turned out like, Oh, they're just poisoned by the fungus spores. And it's all like some kind of crazy drug trip like that. That would have yeah. really pissed me off. And I did, I got, uh, things got a little bit sketchy when they did do like the one little like dream sequence mm-hmm. hallucination yeah. thing. And I was like, oh God, this, we're just going to do this for like the next 45 minutes, aren't we? I was, I was really, yeah, I thought, oh, oh boy, here we go. This is like, we're pulling a lynch now. Like here, here's the lynch homage and the rest of the movie is just going to be like this. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, it's really only that one scene that is like goes into some like really surreal territory. But I think the rest of it is pretty pretty standard. Yeah, like pretty I mean, pretty understandable. Kind of, yeah, it is kind of surprising that he that he holds back on that, given the subject matter and the numerous shots of the bed bread baking in the oven. You know, I thought you were going to get a lot more of that. Well, like oh, let's just get let's get funky with it. I like. I mean, I I kind of like the idea of it being from the perspective of the two people who have are not really like like the infection hasn't like completely taken hold of them yet. You know, like I, I would imagine that if the movie was told from the perspective of the uh, the 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 farmer <laughs> and and the wife and and the the uh, quote unquote son, um, yeah. Then it would be a lot trippier, I think. I think whatever was going on in their heads was probably pretty wild. There's a lot of wild shit going on in their heads. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I also liked uh, most of the cinematography. I thought that a lot of the cinematography complemented the kind of bizarre nature of what was happening on screen. I liked all of the kind of... uh, Like the split screen stuff that they would do and whether I, I can't remember. I feel like there were some Dutch angles in there, but I can't remember for sure. But every everything felt askew with the cinematography and framing and everything also, which I liked. I just like the vibe overall. And it's just doubly mm-hmm. upsetting to it's me a, that it yeah. that it just turned out the way it did. Um because again just it just becomes so conventional at the end so it's 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 a bummer and, it's, it, and i think another thing that makes it worse in a sense is 
like there's a clear point for me in this movie where like everything just just drops everything just comes apart and it's you know they're outside with the table and everything yeah, and no, for I, some reason like, yeah i know like, the exact <laughs> i know the exact moment like, i mean there's for some reason like that's introduced as like it felt like 10 minutes of them just sitting there and just the goonie fucking shaking and i'm just like are we not going to do anything anymore are we done? Are yeah, we just sitting around the table for 10 minutes? I, I think that that was the clear turn. Like that, I think most people who had issues with this movie, I think they could probably say, okay, yeah, that, that scene was when things took a turn. And from that point on, it just, it, it gradually lost me, unfortunately. It, yeah. It's just such a man, a huge, huge bummer. And then, you know, the, there's like things that get revealed there's some surprises in there, but it's just like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. It, none, none of it really. It wasn't like shocking or anything. It was just like, oh, okay, all right. No, it. it for me, it was like you're. I, I, this is just my experience with the movie, but it's almost as if the movie knew that I had lost all interest, so it was like trying to get me back. <laughs> Like, hey, what about this? And I'm just like, nah, dude, I'm 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 done with you. I'm just waiting for the, the clock to run out so I can move on with my life. I just need this to be over because I gotta do it for a podcast. So just let's get there. Yeah. It, it's it's it sucks, man, but it it just just missed the mark for me. I, I feel like just that final act just they didn't they yeah. didn't quite nail it for me. And and it it did cause me to to fall off pretty pretty hard. But everything up until that point, I thought was really solid. And I'm still gonna give it like I don't know if I like the lightest recommend I I could possibly give. I don't know I don't know like who I would recommend this to though. Like I I don't think any of my friends or family would be into Honeydew. Nah, your dad your dad would love Honeydew. <laughs> it'd be one of those like I just don't get it <laughs> explain it to me Adam <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think he would be actually he really likes movies that involve creepy or weird families see I'm but telling you I just I don't think that he would be uh, on board with this I, in general yeah that's just you're right, though. Like, there is that slight recommend recommendation because of like the first two acts, like you said. And there's like that, like the sound design slash score, you know, whatever you want to call it. All the everything that goes into that, like all the wonky sound effects and how it's like incorporated into the score, and it's just really off-putting. Like, I, to me, that's almost worth the price of admission. Like to check that, like, I don't know what I can compare that to. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, I don't have other examples that I can be like, oh, it's like such and such. Right. Like it feels wholly unique in that aspect. Yeah. And, and it makes for an, an extremely unsettling movie experience, which I, I really enjoyed. So I think that coupled with the, the performances and 
the very well done uh, camera work and cinematography, I think that all of that warrants a light a light recommend. I just think that narratively it it just didn't it just missed the mark for me, unfortunately. So yeah. uh Honeydew will be out on VOD platforms this week, so keep an eye out for that. I believe uh Tuesday. I believe this Tuesday it'll be available, so you can check it out. Uh let's go ahead and give it a score. I would also like to, to do some spoilers. Okay, yeah. It, if you don't mind. Because there's a couple things there's, I want to talk Yeah, about. there's a couple things. There's definitely a couple things that uh, we, can, we can talk about in the spoiler discussion. We'll put that on at the very end of the show. So if you want to hear us talk some spoilers about Honeydew, uh, just listen all the way to the very end. Uh, let's go ahead and give it a score for now. I think I'm, this is a tough one for me because... Like I said, there were a lot of aspects that I thought were really strong, um, like technically. So I think that I'm sitting at like a five and a half on this one, like five, five and a half. Yeah, I'm at a five, I think. All right, there you have it. All right, let's talk about some of what we're watching. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, I didn't really have a whole lot on my list this week because I've been uh, watching some 90s stuff. But I did see, I did catch up with that movie Slacks. Uh, on Shutter, which is about a killer pair of jeans. Uh, please, for everyone listening, tell us how it's spelled. It is spelled S-L-A-X-X. Yep, thank you. Because I was trying to search for this movie for so long until you, you know, slacked me. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> uh, this is directed by Elza Kephart. It's a comedy if you if it's a horror comedy if you weren't already <laughs> aware from the title. Uh it's so it uh, it's this is a Canadian uh horror comedy. It takes place in a clothing store that's sort of like, I don't know, any any trendy clothing store. To, to, any one of them you could just name one and it's like that. And it is about a it's like a new it's a new line of jeans that are coming out that are like form fitting so they like resize themselves to use they're like one size fits all jeans but it turns out that even though the company says that they're like fair trade and organic and like no no child labor no sweatshops all this stuff like they're, they're just totally lying and it turns out that there was a young child involved in an accident in the cotton fields where they were sourcing their cotton and the spirit of this child enters the genes mm-hmm. and starts getting her revenge yes it's kind of humorous uh to be honest with you it took me like four days to to get through it and just i kept having all of these like false starts with it so i'd watch a little bit and then end up having to turn it off or fall fall asleep or something uh, but i don't mean to say that to diminish the movie in any way it, um it's fine it really wasn't um i don't know a- average at best i would say okay i can't really i wouldn't give it a recommend at this point understandable you, i mean you do get to see a pair of jeans kill people so if you're looking for that if you're looking for jeans not only do they kill them, but they drink their blood. So it, it kills people, but it also drinks their blood. Uh-huh. 
Interesting. I wonder if there is anyone out there, you know, imagining someone waking up in the morning and be like, God damn, I wish there was a movie about genes killing people and drinking their blood. Well, hey, you know, we have uh, movies about killer everything, so why not genes? You got killer tires, killer pinatas, killer everything. There are, I mean, the possibilities are endless. There's so many things. There are so many inanimate objects that can be possessed. You just and turned into turn killing it. machines. Yeah, I think oh, they should geez. remake Maximum Overdrive and just have have it be like all machines, all machines, just all machines. Yeah, I wonder. If that's got to be a thing already. That's a, especially with like all the technological advances. You do your just you know your tired little commentary. Yeah, there's a there's one called Drone or something that that's like all about killer drones. Or maybe it's just one killer drone. I can't remember. What they need to do, because this is happening to me. I mean, I haven't been killed yet. (laughs) But (laughs) yet. I'm being surrounded by robot mowers. Ah, Like all all my neighbors have gotten robot mowers. And I hate it. Like I can't stand it. Little fucking bots driving around with razor blades. Shouldn't Mm. exist. Mm -hmm. I should get a robot mower. Don't don't do it. I don't have a mower at all anymore. My my mower got washed away in a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> it's inside the elevator, wherever the elevator is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I watched. I only watched one other movie, but uh, I watched it on Tubi. I was able to find something on Tubi that works. Oh my god! <laughs> so, like I said last time. Um, Surprisingly, Tubi has like a decent amount of like foreign films that just are not available anywhere else. Now, whether those actually work, like you can get subtitles or not, I don't know. Uh, I was able to make it work with a movie called Hail. Uh, I don't know if that's because this is an Australian movie. So, but it did have subtitles. Uh, this is from 2011, and it's it's fairly straightforward. It's it's an older man gets out of prison, gets out of jail. Uh, he reunites with you know the woman of, that he's been with like his whole life, and they have this like really passionate relationship. But they're also both you know like alcoholics and drug users, and they're just they they're really jealous, and uh, it, it leads to some things. They they, they kind of overreact to a lot of things. Um, so it's it's fairly simple. It's just him getting out. He's happy to be out, and he's trying to go straight. He's just trying to get like a regular job, and he doesn't. Obviously, he just doesn't want to be a criminal anymore. He doesn't want to go back to prison. He's too old for that. Uh, and of course, things don't go as planned as you can imagine, or you know, you wouldn't have a movie. So all that stuff is fairly ho hum, straightforward. Nothing really. Uh, Nothing really exciting, fresh, you know, not, and nothing along those lines. But I will say the, the technical aspects of this, the way in which it's shot, the way in which it's edited, like all of those aspects of it really elevate it into something else and makes it something that you should definitely check out. The story, eh, take it or leave, I, I couldn't care about it. But 
the craft that's on display here is that I like I want to see more from this director. And I mean, this thing gets really experimental at a certain point. It just it goes. You're essentially like watching an experimental short film. It just it goes to you know completely different place. So it takes you know a pretty standard a story that you've seen probably numerous times, but just comes at it from a completely different angle and the way in which it's, you know, it's shown and it's presented. And I, I would definitely recommend it. It's on Tubi. It's free, as my mom says. There you go. Check it out on Tubi. <laughs> you're Tubi. But yeah, I see what you're saying now, though, with watching this, the, the, uh, the commercials, like they just throw them in wherever. <laughs> it's just, you're, you're watching this like really experimental scene where it's like all kinds of crazy stuff is happening, and then all of a sudden in the middle of this, you get like a, a Tide Pods commercial, and you're just yeah, like, "What?" Like, yeah, and it's weird too because I swear there was times where it would like it would do a commercial break, and then we would come back, and I would watch the movie for like five minutes, and then it would go to commercial break. But then when it came back, the next commercial break wasn't for like 32 minutes. <laughs> like, it's just weird. Yeah, that's, that's strange. Uh, all right. Um, the other tale, I, I remember seeing the trailer for this back in the day and thinking that it looked really like visually arresting. I was, oh, I, I, I was, I never got a chance to see it, but I remember, I will never forget the trailer. Uh, all right. The only other one that I saw was called The Power. This is on Shudder also. This is directed by Corinna Faith, and it takes place in London in 1974. And during this time, they were having rolling blackouts throughout, throughout the country. And mm-hmm. uh, it stars Rose Williams as a nurse, and it's her first night on the job. And she gets into a little bit of trouble and her boss is basically like, okay, well, since you're like, you know, giving me lip or whatever, now you got to work the night shift. So enjoy that. And she's like really nervous about it because it's her first night, but also she's like, she seems kind of skittish. Like she, she, she doesn't seem quite sure of herself. And like, she clearly had some kind of troubled past and she seems like she's very uneasy when it comes to being in the dark and with working the night shift because of these rolling blackouts that are happening all throughout Britain, uh, they plan for it to go dark. And when they say that it's going to go dark, I mean, it is like pitch black in this hospital. And so what you have here is a, a bit of a supernatural thriller. There's there's some weird things that start to happen after the lights go out. And you got some creepy employees. You got some awful employees, creepy doctors and, like, janitors and stuff. And so you never really know if, like, if it's really something supernatural that's going on at first. But then it becomes very clear, like, <laughs> there's something very very supernatural going on here and what what you end up having is it's like a little bit of a cross between a a haunted house story and a and a possession story so okay. it's it's okay uh there was like one scene that i was like really impressed with uh that that looked really cool 
But other than that, it's fairly conventional. I love. I really love the setting. I like the hospital setting. I love the seventies aesthetic. So I think it had a lot going for it. But at the at the end of the day, it was a fairly average kind of supernatural thriller. But Rose Williams is it does an incredible job in this. She does a lot of like physical acting, and it's yeah. She she's definitely a highlight so if you have shutter i would recommend checking it out give it a light recommend it's called the power all right let's take a look at what we have on vod this week we got brewmance coming out that's a documentary about mm, craft craft beer i think mm. i'm surprised there maybe there is one but if there isn't if this is the first i'm surprised yeah it seems like the documentary like the window for documentaries on craft beer like that window has passed yeah yeah i feel i feel like the craft craft beer thing is on its way out maybe not maybe it's maybe it's just getting started who knows also on the 13th we have the inheritance this looks like a horror movie some gifts are a curse ah yeah it does happen from yeah time to so time. just be careful just be careful out there uh we got honeydew coming out and huh? Our Towns, which is going to be on HBO Max. This is another. This is a documentary about just a small small town America. And I think it, it profiles a specific uh, eight cities, including San Bernardino, Sioux Falls, Columbus, Mississippi, Eastport, Charleston, Bend, Oregon. Hold up here! You're saying our towns, and then you're going to cities. Well, these are like smaller, you know, these are, these are, these are smaller, smaller, smaller cities, I would say. Figured you would go to towns. We're going to call it our towns. Go to towns. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, I don't care. I I don't care. It's a small cities, small cities and towns. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, I'm not going to either. So I I don't know why I'm stuck on it. On the Sorry. on the fifteenth, we have the banishing. That's going to be on Shutter. Uh, this is it tells the story, the true story of the most haunted house in England. Mm-hmm. Got a little haunted Dude. house tale for you there. On the sixteenth, we have Rifa. We got Jacob's wife. I would recommend that. I, I mentioned that a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, at South by. Uh, Monday, we got Beat, or, I don't know, I don't know how, if that's how you pronounce it or not. That's a virtual theatrical release. And then on the, is the 16th is Friday, okay. Alright, that's it, that's it for VOD. On Blu-ray, we have Spaceballs coming out in 4K. Yes. We have The Wildlife from 1984. Uh, let's see. Dynasty... 3D from 1977. It's in Super 3D. What? Super 3D? I don't don't know. Sounds like a 70s marketing gimmick to me. It does, but I'm I'm curious to see how they, like, upgraded 3D. Yeah, I don't know. We have Willy's Wonderland, and we covered that on the show a couple weeks back. We got north shore from 1987 uh, house of cruel dolls 1974 uh, leap of faith that's the william freakin documentary about the exorcist 
Got Shrunken Heads from 1994. September 30th, 1955 from 1977. Got the Basher box set, which includes the Prodigal Boxer, the Awakened Punch. I guess it's just those two. Yeah, it's just those two movies. Let's see. We got the debut from 1977. Got Fukushima 50. Iron Master from 1983. The Children from 1980. That's trauma. Killer Pinata from 2015. <laughs> <laughs> eh, that's about it. What do we have on Criterion this week? Uh, we have one Criterion, and that is History is Made at Night from 1937. And I've actually seen this movie, and it's really, really good. So I definitely suggest watching this one. It's got like one of the best movie villains I've ever seen. This guy's just fucking asshole. Just a piece of shit. Mm. Bruce Vale. He's like obsessive over his wife. I mean, he's just disgusting. And she she finds someone else. It's a romantic movie it's great i love it all right yeah check it out i think that's gonna do it for this week thank you so much for listening you can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin and if you have a moment consider reviewing us on itunes we'd appreciate that very much for kevin rakestraw my name is adam patterson we'll see you next week All right, let's talk about some honeydew spoilers. I think Spoiling that I think the big thing is let's just say it right off the bat: the <laughs> Lena Dunham cameo <laughs> in there, which was a little frustrating for me because it it felt like they were trying to make it like a big reveal, like yeah. that's Lena Dunham, you know, and, and it. It bothered me. It bothered me that because I couldn't, as soon as I saw her, I wasn't like, oh man, they keep their daughter in a box and they, (laughs) and they cut off her arms and legs. That's not what I thought. I thought, oh, it's Lena Dunham. You know what I mean? Like it instantly pulled me out of the experience because it was Lena Dunham. And also the way in which she plays this character, like it came off as like a huge joke to me. Oh like, yeah, ah, it's super silly. Lena Dunham in a box, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like she doesn't have a she doesn't have any speaking lines, but she does grunt and groan and like pretend like she's not able to eat food, and she's not very good. And uh-huh. it just really it really soured me on the whole thing, which is yeah. really uh, I don't know I, I don't really understand how the Lena Dunham thing came about. To be clear, I don't have a problem with Lena Dunham. I know a lot of people do, but I don't necessarily have an issue with her. I just think that, and you could put almost any actor in there, like any, any famous actor, you put them in that role and it would probably have a similar effect. And it, it, like, really anyone that's like in more comedic leaning yeah. work, like if you had Kate McKinnon pop out and she's doing like her little, like, can't chew food and she's just blinking wildly like it comes off as a joke it comes off as like a comedic bit it doesn't work yeah i i I just it what a weird decision like i'm not sure how that came about but yeah i I just it's not uh and and i don't 
I just don't think it had the intent. I think it was intended to be like a shocking moment, like a big, yeah. a big oh, reveal. Yeah. A, but if you think that if, if it's not Lena Dunham, we're just like, Oh fuck. They keep their daughter in a box with their, her limbs cut off. That's fucked up. Like that's supposed to be a fucked up thing, but it doesn't really come off as a fucked up thing. It comes off as like an SNL skit. Yeah. It, for some reason. Just, 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 weird i i don't i didn't get that i think that that was that was a huge a huge mistake and unfortunately and there's a, there's a couple other things that just kind of bother me about this movie one is uh malambar's character riley the whole reason they're out there is she's doing her doctorate on this 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 wheat fungus right so she knows all about it there's really no need for her to be watching the the video at the beginning that she does on her phone. That's more for us. But the fact that she's not like more clued in when they get like, she has gangrene for Christ's sake, you know what's going on or you should. I knew I only watched the video, the primer video at the beginning of the movie that you watched. We watched the same video, Riley, and you're going for your doctorate. And that was something that bothered me. Like she did not seem like a character that's going for her doctorate. (laughs) She seemed very you ill-informed I mean? about everything. Yeah, like she's just—I mean, plus the fact that I'm pretty sure Karen would be dead. Like she had advanced gangrene. She would be. She was not in good health. Which leads me to another thing with Sam, uh, Steven Spielberg's son. How do you not just fucking destroy Karen? <laughs> I thought about that. I thought about that early on too. <laughs> like she's an old woman. She's she's pretty much dead. Like fifteen percent of her body is dead. It's it's technically dead. And you're like, you both look and you're like, oh, pocket knife. Sam, you don't need a pocket knife. There's a table there, and you all you had to do is grab it by the hair and just smash her face into the table. Or just push you her on the easy. ground. I feel like I feel like someone who's that frail you just need to push her on the ground and she's done like you just br- yeah you push her over she just instantly breaks every bone in her body <laughs> yeah I, that's what i mean like all you had to do is just a hard push to the face probably well, would have broken your orbitals yeah i mean just just to play devil's advocate i think that one of the things that they were trying to convey is that they were drugged so they were all like you know at yeah. at, at a, a reduced capacity as far as like being able to do th- things <laughs> i hear yeah i hear your devil's advocate and i counter with sam let's say like sam's at 40 percent. karen again <laughs> technically 15 percent yeah. of her body is technically dead scientifically so I feel like all you had to do is a hard push to the knee and you would have, that leg would have went completely backwards and you win, you triumph. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it gets ridiculous. I think we should also say that uh, it, it has, it doesn't have a happy ending. Basically the bad guys win, win in this <laughs> like Karen, Karen and her and her husband, Eulis. Uh, they uh, they end up capturing Riley and Sam and lobotomizing both of them, and then mm-hmm. I guess uh, the the whole 
point was that I they wanted to find a, a man so that he could plant his seed in Lena Dunham's character. The mm-hmm. and uh, they also cut off their arms and legs too. So that's that's yeah. also been yeah. handled. So taken care of. And uh, the, and then on they, and they keep, eat them. They eat them too. They, They're also cannibals. Yeah, uh, yes, they do eat them too. Which was another thing that I wasn't even really clear on. I'm like, are they eating? Is that like human meat? It was like, what are they cutting pieces off and eating them? Like, I wasn't clear on that at first, but, uh, and, and poor, poor Gunny, poor Gunny didn't make it. No. He he got the old, uh, cattle, cattle bolt. Yeah. That was the other thing. Sam ran to try and get the pocket knife when the, the cattle bolt was right there. Like she dropped the cattle boat in front of you. Again, you don't need the cattle boat. You could have just waved your arm really fast. Yeah, just, and I think the wind alone would have knocked her out. She's dead. She's fucking dead already. Like Jesus Christ, Sam. Fucking worthless. Yep. Yep. Just I don't know. Just not. Not. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, any other things? Anything else to add? Spoiler, spoiler wise. No, I just wish it was more, more focused on the, on the fungal stuff, and not just like, oh, they're cannibals and they're fucked up and they have a daughter in a box. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I'd be okay with that as long as it, it incorporated something else into it. Like I don't know, maybe something more with the the fungus stuff like it makes them go even crazier or like it's like something. at least with the, the fungus stuff it's like okay that's something different slightly different you know that's not overdone like crazy cannibal family out in the middle of nowhere yeah all right well that's uh honeydew honeydew <laughs>